This is episode 49 of the Movie Maniacs podcast. I am returned, Patrick. I'm back. You're back. Welcome I back. I think everyone, everyone's like, oh, yeah, happy new year. I'm not aware. No, if this is going to be a good year, guys, we got to have Movie Maniacs podcast. Exactly. Um, anyway, hope all of you guys had a good year. Good year. Patrick, same to you. Um, of course, <laughs> we're here to talk about our top five of 2020. Um, certainly been a weird year, and we'll get to that kind of what our thought process was, uh, as we prepared our list. But before we get into that, we got to do our annual, um, what we've been seeing. So, Patrick, what you've been seeing? Uh, I've been seeing The City of Lost Children. Um, I forget the director's name, but Ron Perlman is in it. It's like this really weird, surrealist, like, uh, it kind of a kid's movie. I don't know if it's really a, supposed to be a children's movie because it's kind of disturbing, but it's just one of those, like, weird, dreamy movies that has some really great characters, really great acting, and some really weird scenes that just kind of leave you scratching your head. And the soundtrack was by uh, Angelo Batamalenti. I might be saying that wrong. Yeah. Twin yeah, Peaks. Twin Peaks guy. yeah, exactly. So he killed it, of course. Like he, he really brings that atmospheric, like otherworldly soul to a, a project. And he brought it here. Yeah. So, yeah, um, <clears throat> that was awesome. Uh, I watched The Age of Adeline on my mother's, or not my mother, my sister's suggestion um, last night. And that was interesting. He's got Harrison Ford. I'd seen it once before a long time ago. Um, his performance is pretty good. He's not in it uh, that much. The premise is a little weird. Uh, some of the pseudoscience kind of annoyed me. But um, overall, a pretty, pretty solid, entertaining film. Kind of a... Um, it's a it's a romance, not really a comedy. Um, mm-hmm. It's not really for me, but it was it was yeah. whatever. Um, let's see what else. I think that's mostly it. Other than that, I've been trying to catch up on some twenty twenty movies so I can make this list because yeah. I I really had only seen like one or two movies from this year. Nice. Well, for me, I saw the last two John Wick. Um, I, I gave a little tease be seeing uh, some John Wick um, our last episode yeah finally finished the trilogy and um, had a blast um, watching this first those last two movies um, I really liked the first one 8 out of 10 the rest of these <clears throat> for me I mm. had an absolute blast from start yeah. to finish um, I think I prefer the second one the most than the first. Um, I was, this is just un- most action that we get. Uh, I love the world. I like the characters. And then, you know, the, of course, the action is just the best I've ever seen, especially the, the second and third one uh, had a some just beautiful looking um, shot. New York looks fantastic. Um, really like what they did with the colors for the third one. Um, so yeah, just a really strong action trilogy, just a lot of fun. 
um, I'm now John Wick's fan, so uh, I'm pretty pretty pumped about that. So yeah, um, I did watch those with my dad. We both had a good time. And um, then I saw Heat um, by Michael, Michael Mann. Mann. Yes, I did not expect to watch this movie when I sat down to find something that I did. And it is now one of my all-time favorite movies ever. Heat was just, it just blew me away. Um, I loved every minute of the movie from start to finish. It's like two hours and like 50 minutes, I think. And it, I didn't feel the length. It felt like two hours, honestly. The direction yeah. by Michael Mann is so good. You can feel how um, this movie has influenced so many others. I mean, that the... Um, the coffee shop scene of De Niro and Pacino is probably one of the most iconic scenes of the past 50 years. Just it's something that has been studied, probably is taught like in film class, you know, just really a, a really important scene. And you can feel Christopher Nolan was probably looking at that scene when he was writing Dark Knight for that interrogation so you can just feel how it, how influential this movie is I, I really feel like the dark knight takes a lot from heat after seeing this there's like a semi flip into dark knight there's like a sort of a semi little heist in heat that looks very similar um al pacino and robert de niro are fantastic um robert de niro was really good uh, i have not seen a lot of his movies this might be my favorite performance i've seen him in and then al pacino was probably my favorite of the two. I just loved his performance. He's could be so over the top, but then so calm and collected at times. He just hits that perfect ratio. And I was just, I loved every time he was on screen. I, I couldn't get enough Pacino in this movie. Um, so yeah, it is one of my all-time favorite movies now. And uh, one that I now hold near and dear. Um, really loved Heat. Uh, Patrick, have you seen Heat? Yeah, I love Heat, man. Like, mm -hmm. um, the moment when Robert De Niro is trying to make the decision of uh, basically what exit to take <laughs> in the car, mm -hmm. um, just to keep it vague for the listeners that haven't seen it, uh, one of yeah. my favorite moments of acting. Uh, I'll never forget that part. Yeah. Um, I Killing by Stanley Kubrick. Um, after seeing Seven, I've kind of, kind of noir detective type of movies and the killing looked like one uh and it was also by stanley kubrick which i learned um right before i started it and that was a plus because i like Kubrick quite a bit um, <laughs> um the killing uh kind of it was good like i'd give it a weak recommend but um was not at all i was hoping it was gonna be there's Really great Kubrick moments um, in this movie that I really, really liked. You could say, oh, yeah, he's later in. Jack Nicholson's going to that. You could see really, like, subdued. And I like it when, you know, Kubrick is, because I think that's where he works the best. It's, like, explosive. But here it's just, like, really calm or not very entertaining a lot. But... Um, Kubrick said, you could, it's, it kind of feels like his following, you know, for what the following was for Christopher Nolan. This mm -hmm. kind of feels like that for, this is what it was to Kubrick. So 
a big fan of this movie, but I'd give it a weak recommend. And Patrick, you recommended last time I when I was um, talking about wanting to see some uh, things similar to it. So I watched an episode of Luther and really liked it. So I'm going to be continuing to go through that show. And I've, yeah, I really am liking what I'm seeing so far. So uh, Killing, weak recommend, but yeah, I'm Luther right now. And um, I spirited away an anime movie. You know, I'm just really trying to give anime a chance here. One, uh, the one that made me change my mind about anime. Um, it's, <laughs> it's fun. It's good. It's more than the killing. This is one of the straight movies on Letterboxd. And in no way I think it deserves that. Um, the animation's beautiful. You won't, you won't get me to say anything bad about that. I guess world building uh, with like spirits and all that. Uh, I really liked the concept of the movie. That, but it has a lot of the problems that I have with most anime movies. And you recommend Ghost of the Shell. And that's the next anime movie I'm going to be seeing because like I'm really tired <laughs> of like kids being the protagonist of these anime movies because I mean, they're always whining. It's just oh, whining, whining, whining. And I, I just really got annoyed with that. Like first 10 minutes, like our main character is whining. Like, oh, great. It's it's happening again, you know, just <laughs> really got me annoyed. But um, I saw Night of the Living Dead for my last movie of 2020. Uh, I kind of sat down and was like, all right, what am I going to do? What am I going to watch to uh, put a, to close the book um, on 2020? And I picked Night of the Living Dead and uh, the, the 1968 one, for those who were wondering. And um, it was pretty good. Um, so <laughs> was it the banger I wanted to go out on? Um, but it was pretty good. I really liked George A. Romero's direction. You know, I feel like this is a series that I think I'm going to like more if I continue to go through it. Uh, as this bigger, as he'll get a, probably a bigger budget. Um, just you can, the low budget just kind of took me out of it. Like, yeah, this is like really like low budget. I liked the black and white, like. Um, that made everything feel much darker, uh, no, well, literally and figuratively. Um, and, you know, there's some really, really gross moments, like, where I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, they really went off the rails in the third act. Like, people are, like, zombies, like, eating people. Like, you, it's just really, really gross stuff. I didn't expect that uh, at all. But it, it was solid. Um, I'm wanting more from this zombie series. Uh, and I think I'll find it as Romero continues to get a little more experience um, and get a bigger budget. I think I'll maybe like this series more. But this was a solid movie to close the year on, but not like a, a great one. But uh, I also saw Chicago um, by Rob Marshall. Um, mm. And I don't know why I watched this, Patrick. I really don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I I don't know what compelled me to watch this. I had heard a few good things. And, you know, I was just driving back from Florida and I was like, you know what? Sure, I'll, I'll watch Chicago. Letterboxd did not tell me this is a musical or I would not have put it in. I hate musicals. Um, I don't like I don't like them. I, <laughs> I I can't stand them sometimes. And Chicago is one of the worst I hate this movie. Patrick, I hate it. This was just everything I disliked about uh, musicals. And it's like two women who are products of bad men. 
or in jail because of the many tiny people. And I'm fine with that. Like, <laughs> I can be jerks sometimes. But these women are, like, horrible people as well. And I could connect with a single <laughs> character in this movie. And there are, you know, there's cases where you have a main character who's not a good person, um, very similar to kind of Heat with Rob De Niro. Not a good guy, but you're kind of rooting for him secretly. Chicago, just not a single character I like. And still want to be like with this character that person you still want to kind of want to see what happens to him. I couldn't care less because these characters are just annoying to watch. Marshall, I'm gonna say he's a bad director. I'm calling it straight Ooh. Mary Poppins returns. Just does, he does not have a good um resume with me. Um he's gonna be directing <laughs> the little mermaid like on our first episode that that would be coming out and um I'm not this makes me even love to see um, Little Mermaid. Chicago sucked, guys. This one, Best Picture, and I think it's just another case of the Oscars Oscar bait movies, because you could really feel the Oscar baited, Oscar baity of the movie. Have you uh, never seen it? Never really been interested, but uh, yeah, I, it's weird. I have heard good things about it, so that's pretty interesting to hear you say how much you uh, hate it, but uh, I mean, I don't really like musicals either, so I would probably hate it as well. The movie just isn't for me. Like, I'm sure the reason this is so high is because people musicals. I mean, La La Land, you know. I mean, that movie is. Uh. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't love La La Land. It's fine. I, I mean, some pretty good stuff in there, like the performances and all that. But you know, every time they start singing, you know, I'm out. <laughs> I just I can't. Stop what we're doing. Like dance and like join in dancing, and it's just what I will say. Chicago has that is really really good is its editing. Love the editing of the movie. Like that was what from just not turning this off. And I feel and I, there were several times I was like maybe I should turn this off because I, I just so <laughs> not enjoying it. But the editing um, was really really good. So I will give. Um, I'll give one more mention. Ashes and Diamonds um, by a director whose name I can't pronounce and starring an actor whose name I watched this basically because it was Martin Scorsese's like, favorite movie or something like that. And I was like, you know what? Mm. Talk. Let's see what movies he likes. And um, HBO Max. And um, you know, I've tried myself on being one who can enjoy all um and uh this was not a musical before <laughs> and um yeah this was just i i 100 get why martin scorsese would love this movie like it's so clear this is what this is a cinema that he enjoys and it's really just, just failed to keep my attention there were parts where i was like oh this is where this movie is gonna get really good like i'm really gonna start liking this movie and there's a lot of good ideas here, but they never really carry through in a way that I enjoyed them. The uh, direction was solid. Um, there's a certain tracking shot towards the end of the movie where our protagonist is like walking through like garbage or whatever. And like that was really good looking like that. Our protagonist, um, he is, he's a cool protagonist at the start and he kind of becomes a little bit melodramatic at the end. 
Um, so I didn't really enjoy this movie a lot. It's I think it's technically well made, like writing, directing themes, like those are probably like really well done. But I didn't like the movie. I didn't get something out of that experience, so I didn't really enjoy that one either. So, um, yeah, and then I'll give one more mention. I saw the first two episodes of Cobra Kai, and um, you know, I'm a Cobra Kai fan, and um, I um, what I I liked these first two episodes. My brother and I watched them. He was he finished the show last year, and um, we were pretty excited. And I watched the first two episodes with him, and I thought, you know, this is pretty good. I'm liking what's going on here, but I'm hoping this is going to get a little better because um, this wasn't as great as I was hoping it was going to be. But we'll see. I'll 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 keep you all posted. So uh, anyway, that's the end of what I've seen, and now we're here to talk about right. our top five of 2020. Um, man, what a crazy year for movies and for the world. <laughs> what I'm going to start this off with is like. To say like I knew like in, De- in December we were gonna have to do this list, and um, I ones like Nomad's Land and um, uh, just a few other ones like uh, a promising young the woman. five bloods, Blood, a promising young woman like those are movies <laughs> I can't see so I and Nomad's Land I can't even find that movie like that one was like that's one of the accessible movies that I couldn't find so. Um, mm. I had to real dodgy with what I saw kind of, uh, I, I didn't see a lot of movies this year. I saw like 20 that, I had that Jude and Styles had on while I was doing other things. Like my, I think I'm going to say, I think my top five is strong. I think they're all five, mm. real, nine out of, um, okay. Every that is just like. Yeah, I be good. Like I like if there's if it's like I take one movie in my top five out of the equation and I my top five would suck. Nothing but these five movies and I will say uh two honorable mentions. What about nineteen eighty four? Um, which wasn't five but was a good movie I enjoyed. Um and you know, it's messy, you know, like I've been really surprised by how hated this movie seems to be. Mm-hmm. Like this movie came out last year when we had movies like Hellboy, Phoenix, you know, Bat Supreme. We had those three good ones, Shazam, Joe, and that's it. You know, the what I to do for would have got a lot more love, but you know, by the end of the year, it comes out. And you could tell it's meant to come out in June because I'm going to say I'm going to call crap on that. There's no Trump metaphors in this movie, Patrick, because I thought about it. And yes, there are. There are a lot. <laughs> there are a lot. And this just came out the time because the election's over. And if this had come out in like mid, was supposed to come out, then we would kind of be like, you know, yeah, this is another movie making a Trump metaphor. That's how I felt. But, like, I feel like I wouldn't have disliked it as much if it came out in June as I do now. Kind of like, yeah, maybe wait to re-edit this movie where I'm not getting that. Because it's so, it's like, oh, no, there's no Trump metaphors in this movie. Bullcrap, because there are. I never said that. I, I never said that. You were talking about the president scene, and I said that was more specific to, I can't remember if it was Reagan or Nixon. But it was more specific to one of those. But there, I didn't say there were no Trump metaphors in the whole movie. 
I mean, we can look back at the takes, but I think Patty that's Jenkins. a baseless I'm play. talking about Patty Jenkins. She's the one who's like, there's no Trump metaphors in this movie. I'm like, heck yeah, mm. there are. Because it is so sneaking obvious. But um, yeah, that, that <laughs> part I was... And pacing's a little messy, but time at the end, at the movies, in the IMAX experience. By the way, I listened to a episode, podcast episode on one before. Somebody hated on that Hans score, Patrick, and I got so mad. This is a very good score. Oh, no. <laughs> Every time. Man, Hans Zimmer is such an underappreciated. Why do people gotta hate? Ugh, man. Anyway, one of fun movie. Like, not what I would put my top five, but I wanted to give that a mention. Um, I did see Bank as well by David Fincher, who I've really grown to like this year. Um, we'll have to, I think we'll do our top 50 things we'll discovered list probably after this in, in 2020. Okay. Um, and just the, I'll give a little tease, like discovering David Fincher, like as a director, He's like top 10 for me. Like I've just been so blown away by his directing. And after like, after watching a Fincher movie and like turning something else on afterwards, the directing just feels weaker in comparison. He, he just takes his directing to another level for me. Um, and Mank was kind of a little bit of a disappointment. I wasn't as great as I Some really great stuff about it. Gary Oldman, Amanda Seinfeld, who... Um, she was one of the biggest surprises of the movie. I really loved her performance. The direction's good. The script, while it, at times I thought it was a little messy, had some really great snappy dialogue, really good conversations that I really enjoyed. Uh, but wasn't the great movie I was hoping it was going to be. But um, anyway, those are my two honorable mentions. Patrick, I threw a bunch of um, recommendations, or I, I suppose, to you. Um, after I won a yeah. episode. Well, well, cause I, I had like no idea what had come out this year. Like I honestly, I had barely seen anything this year. And so I really just needed help. So thank you. Like I, <laughs> I was like, what am I going to watch that could possibly land on a top five list? But I did find some things. So thank Good. you. How about drop two honorable mentions for us that aren't going to be in your top two honorable list. mentions. How about, how about some, uh, some, Okay, I'll give you some honorable mentions. Um, kind of a, I had kind of a mixed reaction to Borat's subsequent movie film, but I have to say, overall, there were some moments that made me chuckle. Mm-hmm. There's some outrageous stuff in there, as usual. Yeah. So I'll give that a kind of a dishonorable mention. But, <laughs> uh, you know, it was enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Queen's Gambit's not a movie, but I think the hype is pretty well uh, warranted for that mm-hmm. show. Um, Black is King had some good moments in the first half. Uh, that Beyonce movie just had some good visuals mm-hmm. every now and then. Uh, <laughs> pretty weak second yeah. half. Uh, really bad stuff that came out last year. Do little. Uh, <laughs> I saw as part of a youth church event. Uh, would not have been my choice, but <laughs> it was awful. Probably the worst movie I've seen in a long time. So. That's my 2020 in movies, other than my top five. <laughs> yeah, really bad ones. If we're going to pull out some bad ones. Um, the, yeah. There was that Robert Rodriguez superhero movie that came out um, that I really... Um, they just came out a couple weeks ago. Oh, I think I saw the trailer for that on Netflix. Yeah, you know, Robert Rodriguez really confounds me as a director because he makes, like... <laughs> like this. He's such an enigma. Like, he makes... 
Alita Battle Angel and Sin City, like big movies based on big properties. And then he goes off and makes these crappy looking movies for kids, like Spy Kids, Shark Boy versus Lava Girl. Bad movies. They look awful. I don't know. Like, it, it, we can be heroes. That's if your movie, it looks bad too. Like, the CGI, like, he, and he's like doing it on purpose. Like, he's messing with me, Patrick. He's like, well, known <laughs> director, and I'm going to make a bad looking movie. Like, I just don't get why he does this. Like, it per- looks purposefully cheap. Like, his style. Exactly, exactly. We've reached the point in the 21st century where bad CGI is a stylistic choice. And I'm all I hate it, Patrick. It's so bad. <laughs> I just so dislike it. Anyway, we also had Mulan that came out this year, which represents, oh, which represents that everything that's like a poor, um, poor writing. Just ugh, it irked me. Like, these live action movies and if Disney's going to be like dropping them like on Disney Plus and now they learned the lesson we're not going to pay for it. take the look that I'm not going to be supporting them because I have mm. Disney Plus I'm not supporting them because I'm watching Pinocchio or whatever crap they're coming out with now um, right. I, I've already got it I've had it before this movie came out so I'm not going to be supporting that way but um, yeah Mulan was bad everything I dislike about Disney was in that movie um I, oh yeah, and onward. Really, I do it onward. Um, not Pixar's best, but uh, it had a brotherly theme. I appreciated it, um, and uh, that kind of got teary. Uh, it won't get other people to though if they don't have that kind of connection with the brothers, where where they, you know there's mixed, mm. there's mixed positives and there's mixed negatives, and that's kind of how relationships with brothers kind of always are for me and. Um, which is a good thing because I think that makes the relationship so much stronger. And Onward really deals with that, and I think in a really good way. But um, kind of average Pixar for me, better than all the Cars movies, but still kind of mid tier. Um, so anyway, top five. Um, I'm in suspense. Um, I'm really interested in seeing what you're going to throw at us, Patrick. Um, okay. So you'll <laughs> you'll give me your five, and then I'll give you my five. Um, if there's cons, mention them, but mostly just state why you like this movie. So, so all five? Oh, no, just, just number, number five, five, and then we'll work our way up from there. Sweet. Sweet. Okay. Uh, my number five is going to be The Trial of Chicago 7. Uh, Netflix film by, I think it was by, written by Aaron Sorkin. Of course. Right? The same Aaron Sorkin? You're, you're the Sorkin You're the Sorkin fan. I am the Sorkin fan. You're the Sorkin fan, so I got I to gotta check with you. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, I thought, honestly, the this movie was kind of slow to grab me. Um, I thought some of the dialogue was actually not as good as I was hoping. Um, but by the end, I was pretty sold. I loved, I loved the way they closed it off. I think it was a pretty um, solid way to wrap everything up. And it kind of... I think it brought the focus back to the part of the movie that I thought was the most important and the most interesting and away from kind of the, uh, the dirty like politics that um, kind of saturate most of the mm-hmm. movie. Um, but like the actual idealistic um, uh, themes were very, uh, 
very beautiful yeah. by the end once once they were uh, actually harped on um and if you watch the movie you'll know what i'm talking mm-hmm. about and i do recommend that you watch it because you know it's one of the five best movies of the year <laughs> so yeah that one will be on my list later so um yeah my number 5 oh, okay. is uh, dick johnson is dead uh, which is a documentary who yeah, yeah right you know who this guy <laughs> is and um this movie um really just um blew me away and filled me with a lot of emotions i'll 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 give you all the little plots so i feel like this came out and it got a little bit of fun and right. then it was it was gone um it's here it is with this portrait director Quinston johnson seeks a way to keep her 86 year old father alive forever utilizing movie making magic in her in her humor she celebrates Dr. Dick Johnson's last years by changing fantasies of death and together dad and daughter confront the great inevitability awaiting us all. And basically, uh, we have our director here, Kristen Johnson, um, making a movie about her father, who is 86 years old and is suffering from dementia. And um, which is a very... And suffering from the name Dick Johnson. <laughs> okay. <laughs> really have to go there, didn't he? Um, yeah. Hey, everyone was already there. Everyone was already there. <laughs> um, I, this is a very kind of serious topic, really, besides the name. And um, I. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I will treat this man with respect now. <laughs> yeah. It, it's kind of weird because this movie really is a dark comedy. And I think if this was a by just some other director, Focusing on this kind of stranger mm-hmm. that they that they had no connection with, then I'd really be against this movie. But this is the director is the daughter of this man suffering from dementia, and she is documenting um, this man's life, and it is um, really full of um, full of happy tears and sad tears. I cried of laughter and I cried of sadness. It was just roller coaster of emotions and just old memories of loved ones of loved ones passing um just kind of uh, washed back over me um in a way that i haven't really experienced in a in a long time and um just was so impactful and, and johnson is so sweet like just really a, a good guy really happy and um it's just really we sad to see, you know, his memory slowly fade. Um, it's really well directed. Um, and this documentary is my favorite documentary ever. Um, it's really just uh, for the connections that I've had with um, loved ones who are now gone. And then with just how happy the movie could be at times. Just, I had a smile on my face sometimes just the of laughter and stuff. And so, yeah, this was a really, really, really good movie uh, or document, I suppose. Um, yeah, just Dick Johnson is dead. Like it came out, people were like, oh, this is pretty good. And then, it, then we talked about it after that, but I think this movie deserved a little more recognition because I think it's really good. So I'd recommend Dick Johnson is dead as one of the, the fifth best movie of the year. Um, number four. All right, my number four Drum roll, please. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, my number four is going to be Soul, the oh. Pixar movie. Most people probably at least heard of it. Um, 
pretty enjoyable. Uh, some of the best Pixar I've seen mm-hmm. in a while. Um, it kind of had me thinking about Duncan Trussell's Midnight Gospel. It was kind of like <laughs> more, uh, I've never heard more, uh, it, well, hear me out. It was, it's kind of like a more a, uh, of a, a child friendly, um, version of that show. And, um, I mean, it also had, uh, obviously themes of music, which mm-hmm. I really love. So even though I'm not the biggest jazz guy, <laughs> like anyone who loves music as much as the protagonist, mm-hmm. I'm kind of uh, in favor of, although I didn't really like the protagonist as much. Like you're not really intended to, I don't think. But um, by the end, I was very Mm -hmm. satisfied. And visually and in the soundtrack, this movie is like very cutting Mm -hmm. edge. Um, As I think you you pointed out when you had started it um, in an episode previous, you were about halfway through it. And I definitely agree. So yeah, fourth best movie of the year. Um, my number four is the trial of the Chicago Seven. Um, yeah, so nice. um, I had watching the social network, and then I saw the trailer come out for this movie. So I was in the Aaron Sorkin mood, and um, I, you know, I saw the trailer. <laughs> yeah, this looks interesting, um, and then it became um, what a pretty mixed in some of its political views. It's very at times very left, very liberal, um, which, you know, I, as you have seen with our one woman at 84 episode, is not the best of reading into political meaning. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. Neither am but I. <laughs> in the end, I think the, me, the ending message of this movie, whether you support the hippie movement in Vietnam or not, is that Vietnam was a tragedy in many ways with how many soldiers we lost, and the end really packed a punch for me. And Aaron Sorkin um, is probably my favorite writer. Um, Quentin really coming, really coming close. Next Tarantino movie, I, I see I'll be coming back and saying he's my favorite writer. Um, but right now, Sorkin's got it. I love um, he's made Steve Jobs, Social Network, Moneyball. Molly's Game. Molly's Game is underrated, by the way, people. That movie is really good. Um, and maybe a Jessica Chastain fan. Um, and the Charles Chicago Seven has some really, really good performances. Uh, specifically, I'll be pushing for Best Actor. Uh, best Actor. Uh, 12, mm. 20 Oscars. Because I, I was just floored by his performance. Um, every time he gets really passionate, I, I really, really... It's kind of like you know, um, it, and I feel like we could have gotten a better director, like, just because Sorkin's still new to this game, a better director would have made this be even better. Um, some of its um, themes, I don't 100% support, but um, I think it's editing. I really like the editing, especially the in- introduction to the movie, where it's just really, really, um, really, really, and I was, that kind of got I want to see where this is going. Um, so yeah, good performances. Eddie Raymond um, is not my favorite actor, but I liked him in this movie. He's pretty good. So yeah, Trash Chicago Seven movie of the year. Um, really good. Definitely check it out. Aaron Sorkin still continues. Um, so. uh, number three. Cool. 
Yeah, uh, my number three is going to be Tenet, and I put it at the number three spot, not just because that way, whichever direction you read my <laughs> list, it'll say Tenet right in the middle, um, <laughs> but also because that is the spot that I think it deserves. Um, I think uh, I'm really excited to go back to this movie. I haven't done it yet, but it was really enjoyable to see in theaters, and I think my love for this movie will only grow the more I watch it. Um, it definitely has that potential and, um, yeah, I just want to really dive into this movie again and ponder it more, um, Mm -hmm. like Inception. I've done that a lot with that movie and that's kind of where my love for it comes from. So I'm excited to do that with Tenet and I think that everyone should go see it. And if you don't like it, you're probably (laughs) dumb. It probably went over your head. You're probably, you probably just don't get it. Like us big brain people that like Tenet. Okay. All right, I'm not one of those people. Like, it's it's honestly like the fact that they did like apparently the physics works, um, which I am not like I have no idea if it yeah. really works or not. Um, but the mm-hmm. the idea is cool and it's a movie, so I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, number three we'll number is three. another round starring Matt Mickelson. Um, might have mentioned this one a little earlier. Cool. Didn't say much about it, um, but. This was kind of me like, you know, I can't see a lot of movies that are really being talked about this year. But another round I think I can get by with. So um, I um, just ripped it on YouTube and watched it and was really just wonderfully surprised by how much I loved it. Um, Matt Mickelson is an actor who is so mm-hmm. talented, um, but ends up with, with his American roles and kind of these just, you know, standard action movie roles that he, he's not really getting to show his talents. And even Casino Royale, like, he's really good in that. But it isn't, like, the best, like, acting performance of a lifetime, you know? Like, that's not the movie you're going to get an Oscar out of. And, right. You know, when he's doing his foreign films, like The Hunt, which is, was really highly regarded and by the same director, um, that's where he really works well. And, you know, he's his next movie is, like, going to be the third Fantastic Beast movie. So that kind of shows like what roles he's getting to have in American movies, which is unfortunate because he is so sneaking good in this movie. Yeah. Like really, really good. Oh, and yeah. um, I love the directing of the movie. I like the editing. It's uh, about these guys who um, are, are kind of having like a, some sort of midlife crisis, I think, and their teachers. So that doesn't really help much. Um, sorry our, to our teacher friends out there, but um, and I think this movie has some really, really good things to say about the alcohol community. As someone who does not drink alcohol, um, I can say that um, that I was wondering, like, am I going to get to connect this? Because one of the biggest themes of this movie is like alcohol consumption and all that, and I was able, you know, I think. Hollywood portrays alcohol as just this purely bad substance when it's talked about. Like, it's awful, you know? And it does. Alcohol can ruin lives. But I think another one also wants to say the cause of great celebration and can really um, be the source of good things. I think that's what these guys are having to hit balance with is um, the to, to keep your life going smoothly and healthily and um i think another round shows the pros and cons of alcohol in a really good way that's seen um with alcohol 
um, are, the performances are really strong, just by Nicholson, but by the other actors. Um, it's a really fun movie, but it can also be really serious when it needs to be. I think it hurts, hit its like, um, so yeah, really, really good movie. Another round. Um, Nicholson had talked about a lot for best actor. I think he should because he's so stinking good here. So um, anyway, that's my number three. Number two, Patrick. Okay, uh, my number two is gonna be Zappa. Uh, documentary. I think it's. I think it. I don't. I'm not sure if it didn't hit theaters, but it's on uh, early release on Amazon Prime. So I got it there, and a uh, really well-made documentary about one of the most interesting um, musicians and I think just people of the 20th century. And um, it really it it highlights how he influenced um, all kinds of rock music uh, throughout the 20th century and just um, mm-hmm. who he was as a person in like a perfect way. Uh, I never lost interest. Um, and it's one of the best mm-hmm. documentaries I've seen in a while. So, um, and oh. great music, obviously. Uh, so that was, um, I was very happy with, uh, how well made it was because I do really like Frank Zappa and, uh, some of the other documentaries about Frank Zappa are kind of low quality Ooh. and a little frustrating calling you out. to get through. So calling you this out. was not one of those. Zappa documentaries calling you out. Um, you heard it first. <laughs> I have. I have spoken. Um, my number two <laughs> is Soul. Um, maybe you've already talked about this one. Um, so, little, uh, little introduction here. Soul, when the first trailer came out, I was like, oh my gosh. Like, this is going to be, this is not going to be good. Like, this, Pixar is just, like, really kind of on a down. You know, after, I feel like after Inside Out, like, Mm-hmm. They just weren't hitting that great quality, and and Oof. I love Inside Out. Like I rewatched that movie a few. Hey, well, I didn't like Inside Out. <laughs> right, we have nothing else to say to each other, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I agree with you on the downward spiral. I just think it starts right before Inside Out. Not yeah, after. Well, Inside Out is also by Pete Doctor, who directed Soul, and um, Soul came out, and I wasn't very excited for it. And some of the early reviews started coming in before it was released. And um, one of the uh, one of the highest rated Pixar movies to have ever come out. Um, it's like number four on Letterbox, mm-hmm. number three on Letterbox next to Toy Story and Coco. And I think this is better than Coco. Um, maybe a bit better than Toy Story. I'm not sure. Um, but it came out, and I was like, all right, now I'm a little more excited to see this movie. And it and so watched on Disney Plus the on the 26th, um, and. Um, yeah, I was just really, um, really surprised by how great the movie was. Um, it, I, I wasn't crying at the end, which is interesting because Pixar likes to make you cry and I cry in a lot of their movies. Um, but I didn't cry in this one and I don't think that that is what you, I don't think you have to cry in this one. It's really just a silent intake of the theme of this movie. And you talked about a protagonist, um, Joe Garner, who at the, the, you're not questioning him like oh yeah th- this is this yeah, gotta get home you know get try to stop you know we gotta we gotta get back home you know, guys music is his passion and then the second it just takes his complete turn and you realize that 
Joe Garner has been a jerk <laughs> this whole movie, like really selfish. And I think that is so <laughs> interesting um, for a protagonist. I think that it honestly, maybe not one of the best protagonists I've seen in a while, but certainly one of the most interesting to have realize he's not as good as he, as he thought he was. And then, mm. um, then we got 22 here, who's voiced by Tina Fey. Fun. Like, this movie's one of the more serious Pixar movies, but I laughed a lot in the first half of this movie. Like, yeah, 22 is really oh, yeah. funny. Like, all that stuff about her, like, having, like, I guess, therapy sessions of, like, Abraham Lincoln and Gandhi. Like, that, that stuff cracked me up. I loved that. Um, and I think her ultimate, the meaning and themes around her character, I think are really strong. And I think... Honestly, I was telling my dad afterwards, like, I think adults might enjoy this movie more than, like, my little brothers would because of those themes. Like, yeah, because I think, I I think, I think this theme went right over my brother's heads. Like, which really the theme is, like, appreciate the, the, just the natural joys of life, the, 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 the simple, smaller moments instead of thinking always about the big picture. Which I think, especially this year, is one that we really needed. Um, uh, focusing on, you know, politics and everything around the world. Just appreciate what you've got here, you know, in your house, with your family. You know, I think that is a really strong message to have this year. And I think it's out of all the movies that came out last year, came out at the exact right time. At the exact right time. Um, the animation, as I think Pixar's best, I was just... Blown away. There's this like five second scene where he's the um the bridge to uh, the great beyond, and it's like this black and white, like kind of flashy thing that reminded me of like 2009. It was so beautiful, like some of the best looking stuff I have seen all year, just real stuff. And when the movie was over, I was like, I didn't get it, and so I watched it again right afterwards. Like, I was just like, I need to get. A little, something a little bit more out of this, and I did. So I watched it twice, and uh, yeah, this one's really good. One of my favorite Pixar movies, uh, definitely. So yeah, um, definitely a, a really strong recommend for Soul. Um, one of the best of the year, sure. All right, All right Patrick. So number one, number two, number, number one, two. number one, number one, <laughs> number one. My number one is gonna be another round. Uh, whoa! Whoa! Yeah, didn't see that coming. Uh, Matt Mikkelsen killed it. Uh, they handled alcohol really well. The premise was really interesting and original, um, but also it's just a good, solid drama. Like, I get tired of these um, dramas sometimes because um, a lot of them don't have anything original about them. It's all been done before, but this premise is pretty original. And some really funny sequences. Um mm-hmm really uh bleak sequences which i think Mm -hmm. kind of uh mirrors the substance itself and uh i think they handle it really well and it's mostly like the characters uh uh messed up psyches that kind of get them in trouble here more than um the the drug itself um so yeah and i mean of course sweden would make a movie about this like only in Sweden. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I, I mean, I highly recommend it. I don't know what else to say. Like you got to experience it for yourself, honestly. 
Yeah, you know, one more uh, one more thought on another one. I forgot to say this when I mentioned it as my number three. Um, it handles the life of a teacher in a really um, unique way. Uh, as kind of, like, it's very rare we see teachers portrayed this way, but it's so true um, mm. in some ways. Kind of struggling with, like, you know, now kids have, like, cell phones not, or they grew up when, you know, those cell phones that we didn't have cell phones and all that. And uh, I think to see them kind of struggling with teaching their classes and all that. And there's one teacher who doesn't feel like he's ever going to be remembered by his students. And that was a really cool um, kind of little side plot, I suppose, for some, one of the themes for the movie. And, you know, obviously one of the big things talked about this movie is like how it portrays alcohol. But I think the way it portrays uh, a teacher is really cool as well. Um, so, yeah. Definitely a really strong number one for you, Patrick. I'll, I'll respect that one for sure. Um, <laughs> Appreciate it. My number, my number one is Tenet. Um, Tenet. Yep, you know, the year has not been kind to Christopher Nolan. Mm. Um, and You've been very kind to him. I have been kind. <laughs> I, I, Chris, I am with you, Chris. You know what, I'm... I'll have a coffee with you anytime, man. I, I've got your back. <laughs> Tenet has gotten a ton of crap just tossed on it. Just And, you know, we uh, did our podcast in, uh, how many months ago? And we were both really positive on it. And obviously, we, we still are. It's your number third and my number one. I have yet to get the blue eye for this. Um but um, that's definitely something I'm aiming for. I think Blu-ray would be the best way to experience this movie rather than get it digitally. Um, I think this movie is fantastic. Um, it is really, it's hard to follow. Like anybody who says this is hard to follow, like, you know, it, it is tricky, but it's not impossible. You can understand this movie, but it, it's all through repeat viewings. And, you know, I, there was this film critic who said she would only see one movie once. I think that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Like, you would only watch a movie once. That is so stupid to me. Like, hmm. movies, I think movies are meant to be experienced multiple times. And I think it's a good sign we're able to watch a movie a second time and uncover new things that make the movie better. I think, like, one viewing movies are fine. Like, I don't need to see, like, Iron Man more than once. Even though I have, I don't need to. Like you get right. it all in that one viewing. Um, but with Tenet, you know, you've got to. And I know people like there are some people who think you need to see a movie once. A good movie is one you can you have you can you should only see once. Um, and I really disagree with that. I think movies are meant to be seen on multiple viewings. And I think Tenet just honestly just came out at a time where audiences weren't ready for this movie. Not that they weren't smart enough, but just weren't ready. This wasn't like any entertainment we've ever gotten before. Uh, it reminded me, of, really, its its style reminded me a lot of Blade Runner. Um, with Blade how Runner. Yeah, things are hard, kind of tricky to follow. They're not going to like explain anything to you. And Tenet does at times, which is the difference between really Scott and Christopher Nolan. You know, and Blade Runner, Ridley Scott, or Denny Way, they're not going to explain this to you. You're, they're just gonna, things are going to keep advancing, but it's still got that that tricky thing to follow. Um, you're having a little, you got to really move your way around it. Probably multiple viewings, uh, you get a better experience. Um, 
and Tenet looks great. I mean, if this is, I mean, he's not going to, but if, if Christopher Nolan's ever going to win that best directing Oscar, I think it should be for this movie because this is everything. This is pure Christopher Nolan. And what's weird is that he's kind of always had like students have let him do whatever he wants, but you know, he has still kind of had to like, he's still kind of had studios looking over his shoulder at times, you know, and here, like the studios had gained enough confidence in him where they didn't. And then he did everything he'd been wanting to do. And then people hated it. And so I think that just kind of, I think that just kind of says a little bit about Christopher Nolan's audience. Yeah. You know, I think Inception is a tricky movie to follow, but is a lot easier to follow than this movie. Um, and it still kind of has that blockbuster action movie type of feel to it. And Tenet does have that, but it's a lot more um, confusing and a lot different from your average blockbuster movie. And Inception is a lot different from your average blockbuster movie, but it still is much more in keeping with that style than Tenet is. Um, and uh, and that's not at all not against Inception, by the way. Inception is great. It's better than this movie, I think. Um, I think the protagonist, um, no pun intended, um, is is um, a lot different from what we from what we normally get. In protagonists, you don't know anything about this guy. Um, at first, I thought this guy was really really dull, really boring. But then on the second viewing, I noticed he's kind of funny. Like, <laughs> there's some really funny lines he has here that kind of got a chuckle out of me. And people are like, oh, this movie's, you know, that's, this is Chris Nolan's, like, least funny movie. I think it might be Nolan's funniest because there's a lot of sly, like, kind of hidden comedy in here that really, that works for me. And I think the action in Tenet is legit some of the best I've ever seen. It is really, really good action. And Nolan doesn't always nail action. Um, you know, Batman Begins especially, you know, wasn't didn't have the best action. Uh, I think he's really got it down with Tenet, where the reverse stuff is really well done. Um, and, uh, like, just the, the, the um, action sequence in the kitchen, um, that was really cool as well. Um, and I also think, you know, you know, say what you will about how Christian Nolan evokes emotion out of people with his movies. You know, normally a parents got to get back to uh, their child. You know, that's mm-hmm. what it is, Inception. It's kind of uh, how it is a lot of the time in Nolan's movies and in Interstellar as well, you know. Um, and as kind of basic that is, um, it's very effective. Um uh, works really well like you know we can laugh works like Tenet is a um one of Nolan's most emotional moments is that scene where Elizabeth Debicki is like putting lotion or sunscreen on um Kenneth Branagh like that whole like scene there is really effective um and uh Kenneth Branagh is by far I think Nolan's best villain um since Joker um you know, Bane was good, but I think Brand is better here. He's menacing and really scary when he needs to be. Sometimes he goes a little overboard. Uh, I am willing to admit that. This movie is not perfect, by the way. There are still little nitpicks here, but um, when, like, Brand is, like I said, really menacing, but he, there's something about him where he's very um, very personal, in a way, to his relationship with his wife, Elizabeth Debicki, 
and then to where you know he's like got some sort of cancer and really it gets down to this his relationship with Elizabeth and Vicky which I think is very effective because it's his one humanizing um part of life is is her and I think that that is so well done by Nolan and so I think Brand is really good in this movie especially coming after what has been called what Disney's worst movies are in this foul which is apparently not good and I have not seen it uh, but Brandon did not get a lot of love off of that movie uh, but I think his performance is strong here um, Robert Pattinson's a lot of fun I'm really excited um, for Batman I think he's going to do a really good job um, Nolan um, it's a really good job the directing of course it's just great looking stuff in, in this movie really well done this is a movie for IMAX um, and it's a bummer this movie didn't get more love and didn't get enough money when it came out. Um, and the score by um, Lud- Ludwig Gordson, or I, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but he did a very good job. This is one of the best Nolan scores uh, for sure. Really well done. But it, he's right up there with some of Hans Zimmer's scores. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really good, especially oh, yeah. in IMAX. Um, so, yeah, that's my number one. Been like that out because no five star movies here. Uh, I don't know about you, Patrick, yeah. but um, this has been a very weird year for movies. And, you know, I will say that, like, movies that have gotten recognition wouldn't have gotten recognition if they came out last year. Like, Nomad's Land, movie that has gotten a lot of love, um, would not have been as big of a deal hmm. if it came out last year. Plain and simple. And I love that it did get the recognition, but, you know, like, with movies like Avengers Endgame and Joker, movies that have just overshadowed it. And, you know, Nomad Slam is, I'm going to take a guess and make a Oscar prediction and say that it's probably going to win the Oscar for Best Picture next year, or this okay. year. Um, it, I, I'm going to venture out and say that it will. Um, uh, it feels like an Oscar movie, but, you know, I've heard good things. Like I said, haven't seen it, but I think just movies that have gotten recognition this year wouldn't have gotten as much recognition if they came out last year. I think that's good. I think that we've been able been able to focus on other movies uh, besides you know big action blockbusters. And you know, one of the nineteen before we came out, we finally got that action blockbuster, and people didn't like it. Um, so uh, take what you will from that. But um, I think I love my top five. I'll probably revisit my top five at some point. I don't know about Dick Johnson is dead. I love that one. I don't know if I'll revisit it, but you know, um, those other four definitely. I will. I'll, I'm hoping to revisit those at some point. So, yeah, I think we got a. I think we built ourselves a pretty strong yeah, top five here. I mean, sure. we got we got some good um, overlap. So definitely, um, I like I like our agreement on mm-hmm. some of these movies because I think it gives them a strong case yeah. for our audience to go watch them. So that's for you, audience. Go watch them. Yeah, Patrick. What other any other movies that I recommended? Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I'll look at the list you sent me. I don't, honestly, I don't think so. I think I watched those and I was like, oh, great. I love these. These are my top five. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then I was back to watching stuff that didn't come out in 2020. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, same for me. Um, so that is our top five of uh 2020 patrick your top five if i remember correctly was trial mm-hmm. chicago seven uh and then there soul. was um yep soul um tenet pro Zappa. Pro-yo? 
Zappa. Zappa. <laughs> Zappa. And then um, yeah. another round. My top five um, was Dick Johnson's Dead, Trials of Chicago 7, another round, Soul Tenet. So that is our top five, ladies and gentlemen. Um, with kind of not looking at any at any lists right now or just kind of on the top of your head, Patrick, what are some movies you're looking forward to seeing uh, this year that are gonna, that are Number possibly going to be coming out? Dune. Um, I actually watched the documentary mm-hmm. on Yodorowsky's Dune that never got made uh, before Lynch's Dune. Got me... So, oh, How was that? Is, I, I recommend it. It's a, it's very interesting, and um, it was funny to find out that he had like not read Dune. Like he, <laughs> he really did not know much about <laughs> the story. But um, what he had in the works looks really cool, and he was just an out there guy in general. So mm-hmm. super interesting to see, but also just got me even more excited than I already was for Dune. Also, rewatching Blade Runner twenty forty nine got me super excited. Like. It, I'm. I really think oh, this movie yeah. is shaping up to be one of the most important and best movies of the 21st century so far. Um, so mm. I hope that it will be. I know that's a really high expectation, but um, I think it can deliver. I think it can deliver. I agree with so. it. Yeah, I'll throw it through out there. I've. I got cheat. I got my boxes <laughs> pulled up here. Um, you know, I, so yeah, Dune, a hundred percent. Like the book, it took me a while to get into it, but once I did, I loved it. Um, and then, you know, the trailer looks it looks neat. You know, uh, I, I'm still hoping another trailer will come out that'll let me know just a little bit, just a little bit more, give me a taste of the style of the movie because I think that Pink Floyd song was. Like, it was interesting, like, you know, that it's, it's very Zimmer to do something like that. But, like, it, I, it, I didn't get a feel of what the style mm-hmm. of this movie was going to be. Um, which, of course, with, with Villainy Wave, you kind of take a little bit, a few guesses yeah. of what that's going to look like. But, um, yeah, Dune for 100%. I think if this works, if audiences like this, and I'm not sure if they will, like, Let's all remember, like, everyone's like, oh, 2049, yeah, we want to see that. And it didn't do good at the box yeah. office, you know. And I think since then, Villeneuve has built up a much grander legacy. Now he's got a lot, like, you know, now he's got, like, looking now at his filmography, he's got, like, Arrival, Sicario, Prisoners, Enemy, um, really strong, mm-hmm. well-liked movies. And um, so I think that if people have been paying attention to him, they're going to want to see this. I think hardcore yeah, sci-fi exactly. fans are going to want to see this. But, you know, Villeneuve is very similar, like I said, with Blade Runner in that, like, you know, he's not going to always give you the answers. Blade Runner 249 is very keeping with the style of Blade Runner, you know, and um, I could definitely see him bring that style to Dune. Um, I just don't know how this is going to hit with audiences. I have a feeling yeah. I'm going to like it, though. Like, um, and, he, and this is going to be like a part one, like he's going to do half the book and then he's going to do the second half of the book. And I'm really hoping that it's going to be a little, a little self-contained, like I'm sure there's going to be like, yeah, mm-hmm. a cliffhanger or something like that, but it'll feel more self-contained. You know, I watched Avengers Infinity War without watching Endgame yeah. right afterwards. And I hope it'll kind of be a little bit like that. Um, so um, yeah, Dune is definitely one I want to see. No Time to Die. Um, really excited for that one, especially after doing our Bond series. Um, 
definitely excited oh, yeah. to see that one. Um, and then um, looking here, um, is Batman coming out in twenty twenty one? I will say, or is that going to be twenty twenty two? Oh, twenty twenty two, so far off. Maybe by then I'll like. Uh, <laughs> I, that's one that I really want to see. <laughs> There is this Babylon movie that's going to come out with, like, Brad Pitt, and it's by um, uh, Damien huh? Chazelle. And um, it's also going to have, like, Tobey Maguire. And, like, it says this is going to come out in 2021. And I'm not I'm not 100% sure that it will, but, like, it's about, like, old Hollywood, and I'm always up for a movie about old Hollywood. So I'll put that up there. Um I'll throw Black Widow, yeah. you know, Black Widow, you know, not very, very excited for it, but, you know, I'm sure I'll be pretty good. Halloween Kills, I'm going to see that. Top Gun 2, I'm excited for that, too. <laughs> no puns in it. Um, yeah. Matrix 4, um, Mission Impossible 7. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, no! Hey! Now, why Fallout can't they end on really a high good. note? That one. Why can't Fallout be the the last and the best? Yeah, that is a good point. That I, if um if this director who I, whose name is slipped my mind right now, um if he can continue to, I mean, Rogue Nation and Fallout were really good. If he can keep that streak going, man, then I'm all for it. But you know, it's I'm just hoping <laughs> to wet the bed. You know? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> um there is the green knight um with uh which mm. is an a24 movie that looks pretty interesting solid trailer for that uh with the uh, dave patel cool. by david lowry um that yeah. one looked a little a24 interesting some um so um yeah it looks really good like as far as directing and stuff um, David Lowry also did um, a ghost story, know. which was pretty well. Back yeah, I've so. given that one a chance. Yeah, it mm-hmm. looks a little, a little slow, a little dour, uh, but it does. Yeah, I want to see it, but you're. I, I'm kind of with you. You know, I, I just like would to find the right time to see that yeah, movie. Casey is Affleck kind of tends me towards right the depression um, side of the emotional spectrum. So uh, yeah, just about to see anyone. <laughs> just about to see anyone. Yeah. Um. All right. So that is our top five. That is movies we want to see soon. Um, Matrix Four, by the way, is really weird. Like I'm, I'm still lost on if that is even going to come out. Like, like oh, yeah, it's coming out next year. But I haven't heard anything about like filming. They should just drop it out of the blue and, on um, YouTube. But <laughs> um, okay, so. You want to see something right. now? That's what we're um, um, uh, I'll go first if you don't mind. If you don't mind, give them uh, to us, Patrick. <laughs> I'm gonna be watching Delicatessen uh, by the same directing team as uh, City of Lost Children because it's. Um, I'm just I love that movie so much. The atmosphere I could I could sit with that movie all day. I could literally watch it on repeat. Um, so hopefully they keep that going in Delicatessen, which I think is actually more highly regarded anyway. So it, they probably will. And then mm-hmm. um, I'm going to be watching – hold on. I, I keep forgetting it. It's like – yes, Heartworn Highways, uh, 1976 documentary about the country music scene in, like, Tennessee and Texas. 
that's supposed to be really good. It's uh, not really interview based or anything. It's just kind of like observing um, that world, which uh, it on 16 millimeters. So it's got that cool grainy uh, 70s look that I'm kind of a fan of. So um, pair that with some sweet mm-hmm. country tunes. I mean, Towns Van Sant is going to be in this movie for at least part of it. So, I mean, worth it for that alone. And then uh, I'm really interested to see Beauty and the Beast by Jean Cocteau, uh, the poet, and uh, uh, or the animated one or the live the action one? The uh, live action black and white French movie by Jean Cocteau. Um, supposed. Wow. Yeah, he, he's <laughs> got some uh, some really cool looking avant garde stuff um, that he did. Like, I mean, he's most mainly a poet, so you know, he's going to be in that realm of uh, mm-hmm. creative spaces. And I actually um, got interested in this because mm-hmm. I watched this ten minute uh, little like micro documentary about him with Timothy Chalamet narrating, like reading some of his poetry and. Uh, Dude, the sh- the selections mm. they got from his movies look so interesting. Like really weird, like pre-Lynchian Lynch stuff. So, uh, yeah, and I mean it's a classic story. You know, got some archetypes in there. So can't can't really fail with that one. David Lynch should be a poet, by the way. Like, why have we not gotten some like a book of David Lynch poetry? Dude, I know. Oh, come on, Lynch. I know, Lynch. Give us what we want poetry. Here. Like, there's. Yeah, we are like the dreamer who lives inside a dream. But who is the dreamer? Like that itself, man. That's the that's that's poetry part one. David yeah. Lynch. I mean, yeah, there's come poetry on, everywhere, not just in the poetry books, but um yeah. Come on, Lynch. The return is not enough. We want more. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, um that's uh three and then I still haven't finished the quick the Kasi trilogy so that's my last two and I know I keep bringing those up but I am meaning to watch those and I'm gonna rewatch watch Koyana Skatsi so uh, super excited about that and what are you gonna be watching give us five movies well speaking of Koyana Skatsi and mentioning it all the time I forgot oh, that nice. I finally watched it <laughs> um yeah oh he's dropping bombs now um yeah so i watched it today actually and you loved it um, and you loved every second of it yeah it's it's the best movie ever and it jumped to your i loved it i loved it i Um, (laughs) well now don't get ahead of yourself patrick uh i did love it um it is very very powerful um the um making the hot dog sequence mm-hmm. really was pretty impactful and just a very you know very 2001 like no idea how why this is so impactful but it, it is it is you know and um it's i i did feel, i didn't love every second of it there were some parts i was like can we get to the next kind of mm-hmm. section a little faster um but there's like this one sequence in the middle of the movie where it is really really fast where cars are going all over the place like buildings are blowing up. It was just such an awe-dropping, <laughs> eye-boggling experience. It is so good. I, I really messed <laughs> up with that with those adjectives there, but yeah, it was really, really good. Um, the score by Philip Glass was just as good as you had hyped it up to be. Um, this documentary would a hundred percent fail if he was not the composer. I, I, I could 
could I can confidently say that it's really great. Um, the uh, the like the the message it's trying to send is very interesting. I think you know a rewatch mm. of this would probably be a little more helpful um, for me, but I would like to see it again. It's not one of my all-time favorites, but it's certainly one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. The the, the uh, camera work and shots are so beautiful, and it does. I it's not like it looks like it came out yesterday type of beautiful. Um, you, it does feel like '80s cameras, but it's uh, in a way where, like, you don't yeah. know how they got that shot. You know, like, did they really like film like buildings blowing up and getting real close inside this factory? You know, just really, really good stuff and great camera work. So yeah, uh, I did see that one, and I had been hyping that one up. That I was going to see it for a while now. And it finally came out on Prime Video, so I was like, you know what, this is no excuse now. Man. I've got to see this one because when it's a winter. You know, I've kind of got to be really <laughs> select with what I watch. Um, yeah. But um, yeah. So my so my top five though. Um, a bunch of movies I've been wanting to see Hit. came out on streaming. So these movies I will probably I will hopefully be seeing Boom. soon. El- the Elephant Man by David Lynch. I've uh, definitely been wanting to see that one for a while, and uh, it's finally on Prime Video, so I'll be seeing it soon. Um, and then Lost in Translation. Uh, I wanted to see that one. Paths of Glory uh, by Stanley Kubrick. Hopefully he will redeem himself. Get it after, together, Kubrick. Um, the killing sucks. The killing. What are you doing? Yeah, get it together, you man. call yourself a director. <laughs> <laughs> um, another one. Let me see here. Panic Room by David Fincher. Might not be great, but I'm still wanting to see it just because I'm wanting to get through that uh, venture filmography. Uh, I've got one more I need to see. I need to see Panic Room, mm. and then I need to see Gone Girl, and then I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Gone Girl's gonna be a while though, man. I don't know if I'll be able to see that one soon. Um, but yeah, oh man, Fincher's really impressing me right now. So yeah, Panic Room, I'll see that, and then one more. Um, uh, I will throw in Insomnia. By Christian Nolan. All right. Um, still going through his filmography as well. That's why I haven't seen. I still need to see Insomnia, Memento, and Fallen. And now I've done them all done. It's over. So, yep, Insomnia's next for Nolan. So, um, those are my five. I'll also be still, still rocking with Mandalorian Season 2 and Cobra Kai. Dang it, Internet. Someone spoiled <laughs> the end of that episode. Uh, it's, it's everywhere. I couldn't avoid it, man. You know, I gotta be checking my sources. And it's like, oh, hey, guess who's trying to fit the ending? <laughs> Just there, there you go. People, <laughs> right there, ruined it for me and my dad. So mad, man. I was, I was, oh, so I Just throw my Chromebook. Just throw it, man. It's so mad. Um, yeah. So I'll be still rocking off Mandalorian season two and Cobra Kai, uh, and Luther as well. Forgot to mention that. Um, so yeah. Those are the five movies that I would be hopefully seeing. Brilliant. Coming up next for the next podcast, I definitely think we need to do 50 movies that we want to see. No, no. <laughs> 50 movies. Or 50 <laughs> things involving movies and television that we want to see soon. Because um, 2020 is sucked. 
um, I discovered some really great stuff. Um, so like, and not just like we won't go like, oh, um, city lights, you know, more of that type of thing. So, um, maybe we'll like do a little part one, part two on that, or maybe we'll just do it in all okay. one big episode. We'll just have to see. Um, hopefully that'll probably be our next episode. But we'll we get to movie reviews because we're this movie podcast? podcast, Patrick. Um, and we'll. I think so. Uh, I keep forgetting. But I'm pretty sure. Oh, uh, we're certainly not a political podcast. Not uh, yet. We, <laughs> we have seen. We have not yet failed. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> One day we'll be talking about Monsieur Montaigne um, on this podcast, so, and then, then, then you'll really want to tune in. Or Montague, or whatever that political guy's name is. That's not even the right guy. So that that just proves that this is not a political podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um movie wise for reviewing um i have nothing really comes to top of my head right now um if you have any patrick speak freely right now um maybe we could do the john wick trilogy um in the mood to talk about those that'd All be right. fun a little, little something different um or um yeah who knows? Maybe we'll do Koyaskasi. You know, my birthday's coming up next month. We're going to okay. do something different there. Maybe we'll be talking about heat. You know, who knows? Well, I'll have to pick a personal one. Uh, or maybe Patrick <laughs> will pick a movie that I really hate. We'll have to see. Which one will be more entertaining? We'll have to see. Which oh, one? No. We'll, maybe we'll talk about Chicago. Chicago. I would rather not see it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it'd be Patrick <laughs> and I just miserable the whole episode. <laughs> um, yeah, so, happy, yeah, happy birthday, birthday to me. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> um, anyway, um, Patrick, you're off the grid as usual. You are, um, you're on the bun. You're excommunicado, condo, mm. as they say in the they say that? continental. Uh, you're off the grid. Yeah, that's with John Wick. He's nice. on the line. That's excommunicado, baby. Um, suddenly, something Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> is the excommunicado, baby. Kindergarten yeah. cop. <laughs> yeah, I'm just creating Arnold phrases now. <laughs> You're um, excommunicado, baby. I'm five um, years old. <laughs> <laughs> Would a five year old be in kindergarten? I don't even know. This is obviously okay. not a teacher podcast either. Although uh, we did comment about teachers. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, sorry teachers. We love sorry, our Ms. teachers. Vader. We've had some great sorry, teachers. Mr. Uglo, Mr. Hesse. There. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to teachers of the world. Just <laughs> Mr. Pierce, film teacher. Just Boom. don't. Yeah, just don't. Keep nah, a constant point five percent alcohol be, that, consumption. That's, exactly that's what not what need. we need. No, in high school, that's what they. Need. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. Anyway, you can find me over at my blog, noedukumhub.blogspot.com. You can also find me over at Letterbox. My handle is noedukum. Um, plain and simple, everybody. Um, and then uh. As far as what we've got going on, uh, you go listen to our Bond episodes, you know. Patrick dropped a little theory for us, uh, Inspector. That episode actually just dropped uh, a couple days ago, so you could check that one out. Uh, but at the time we're recording this, um, you can also oh, yeah. Mad Max Fury Road, 
Batman. You know, we've got all kinds of stuff in the Movie Maniacs podcast. We are approaching our 50th episode. Uh, so that'll be interesting. You know, when we do our 50 movies we want to see. When we do, oh my gosh, when we do our 50 movies that we want to see soon, it'll also be our 50th episode. Halfway to 100. <laughs> Let's get to 100, baby. Yeah. 2020. 2022, we'll be talking about our 100th episode. Maybe wow. even stay tuned. Only one way to oh, find anyway. out. Hit that yeah, subscribe button. Give us yeah, a five-star just... review. Uh, yeah, we're also... a five-star review, or otherwise we're not going to tell you when the 100th episode comes out. That's just a given. It's in the fine print. Read it, people. I know you're listening <laughs> to a podcast because you don't want to read, but maybe we're like in some cases. <laughs> Maybe in the tenant world, Ooh. we've already recorded our 100th episode. We maybe we're maybe it's racing back out. in time to delete our 100th Ooh. episode because we completely lose it. <laughs> <laughs> more like our first, because that episode sucked. <laughs> we're always refining. <laughs> All right, anyway. Um, movie Man X 2028 Yeah, always. Um, so, yeah, 50 movies that we want to see soon. Or, dang it. 50 movies that we discovered in 2020. We're still talking about 2020. It's the only year everybody. that matters. Um, and um, yeah, that's probably the episode. <laughs> so thank you for listening. Patrick, thank you for joining me. This was a really delightful conversation about our top five. Is just as um, adrenaline <laughs> pumping as I thought awesome. it was going to be. Um, so yeah, uh, thank you for listening. And we'll be back with our 50 movies. Beautiful. Um,